Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. I'm your host, Adam Homey, and I want to welcome you to today's show. Today we're going to talk about, is your website 2014 ready? A very hot topic. But first, what I want to do is I want to just tell you a little bit about the Business Creators Radio Show for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. They fall into four categories. You have your entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. You have your marketing and business coaches. You have folks who help others build their businesses. I call these the business creators. They include, well, marketing and business coaches. They include web designers, graphic designers, social media strategists, media and publicity experts. And the fourth category are do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses and love having your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you in business at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check out our podcast on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spend the message. So today we have on the line Joshua Adams of Rock Paper Simple. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I couldn't be better if you paid me a million bucks. That shower should not discourage you from trying. <laughs> <laughs> we like to we like to have fun here. So let me just tell the listeners a little bit about you, Josh. Um, and this is the official biographical statement. And I'm going to preface this by saying that Josh is just a heck of a guy. Um, he and I met at Suzanne Evans' Be the Change event last year. It turns out we had several mutual friends. Uh, we've had numerous conversations, and he's somebody for whom I have the utmost respect as far as web design and development. Joshua Adams lives and breathes entrepreneurship, web development, and marketing. He started programming at 11 years old. Actually, you know, I was only a few years older when I started, and was soon drawn into the web world by its infinite possibilities when he turned 14. Ever since, he's pushed his limits in the web design and marketing field. His passion is to develop simple solutions to solve complex problems, to help his clients and partners produce results for their businesses online. Joshua is involved in many areas of business and entrepreneurship in the marketing world with ownership of and in multiple companies. He's also proud to sit as the web chair for the Space Coast Advertising Federation. He spends his free time rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can relate. I'm from Pittsburgh originally myself, playing ultimate Frisbee and soccer, serving at his local church, and collecting strategy board games. He believes in always doing the best he can in everything he does and likes to quote Colossians, uh, I think it's chapter 3, verse 23, and, so what, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord. Josh, I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet, you bet, you bet. And what we're going to talk about today, the title of this episode is called, Is Your Website 2014 Ready? Because as we see it, it's a common theme to build your website, getting looking gorgeous, and never touch it again. Now, the thing is, what worked in the 1990s and the early 2000s simply does not work today. So if you haven't updated your website in seven or eight years, you're probably a little bit out of date. See, trends, styles, oh, and functionalities have changed drastically over the years. And if your website is not current, not only will Google not find you, your website could be costing you sales. So that's what we have Josh here to share with us today. So, Josh, before we dive in, let's take a quick step back and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a bit. Now, I know I read your biography there, and it contains some great information, but just tell us in your own words a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today, working with business creators to create uh, attractive money-making websites. 
Well, absolutely. You know, it, it, the simplest way I can put it, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a programmer turned web developer turned marketer turned back to web developer. Um, right. So it really gives me a, a unique perspective on web design projects, developing websites for our clients. Um, I and just real briefly, um, I, I had a web. De- I, I worked freelance at a web design agency. Then I merged that and started up a marketing agency. Did that for three years before I finally decided that I didn't have enough hair to keep pulling out in the marketing field. <laughs> um, decided to step back, simplify. Is um, there a new company that was back about a year ago? And I said, you know, I want to go back to what I do really, really well, and that's that's web design development. But I want to bring along what I learned about the marketing field, um, having done run marketing campaigns, developed brands, written a lot of marketing copy. What I found was that just building websites to, to build a website wasn't enough. That there had to be a marketing element to it, a marketing bent. And that with the new company was really what I focused on. Uh, Rock, Paper, Simple was born with the idea of keeping it simple, focusing on, on, on results for our clients. And so that's really my mentality when I'm building a website, do it right, um, and, and make sure there's a purpose and, 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 a, and, a, and a, uh, a result attached to what we're doing. So that's really where I come from professionally as far as that goes. Um, I kind of have a different, a different approach to web design than, than most developers. Right, 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 right. So here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies for our listeners to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to succeed except for time and money. Now, do you see this as an issue for those who want to get a powerful web presence up and going? You know, Adam, it's really a yes and no question. Um, uh-huh. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to go out and spend 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 to have a great website that makes your money. Right. Um, the most important piece behind it, you know, as much as I'm a huge proponent of powerful, exciting graphics, of, of fancy bells and whistles, etc., the most powerful point behind it is really your marketing value. What is your message? What do you push? A lot of stuff that you do, actually, um, is really the most important element of, of what I do, uh, is making sure that there's a strategy behind it. Uh, I tell people a lot of times when, they, when they're putting a website, I have to ask them the question, why are you even doing it? Um, you know, you can have the fanciest website in the world, spend twenty grand on it, and you have no plan, no marketing message, and what was the point um, of, of doing that? So, yeah, yeah, again, money can be a problem. Time and money can be a problem stepping into it. It really depends on, on again, how far you want to take it. You know, I, yeah, you might not be able to get a fantastic website that does what you need for a hundred dollars or three hundred dollars, but again, it's not necessarily a, a massive pro- under, undertaking either. If it has a good strategy behind it, um, you know the biggest thing. If you if you don't have if you don't have the money, a lot of times you you need the time. Uh, if you don't have the time, then you need the money um, <laughs> to to, to, have, to be able to have that. So one of the things you know, it's normally one or the other. Uh, if you have time and money, then great. You're gonna have a, a pretty rocking website. Um, it's only how I, I I talk to my clients as far as that goes. Exactly. So let's start with a basic question that kind of gets to the heart of what we're here for today. Now, we're only in February 2014, but just tell us, Josh, what has already changed in best practices for web design in 2014, and what can we look forward to as we work our way through the year? I, I think a lot of what we're seeing, you know, we saw a lot of it in 2013, um, the training stuff, being the responsive design, um, getting away from having to have multiple platforms for, for, for that. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, it just, you know, that's really coming. Um, we're going to see that more and more standard. I've seen you know, in the industry a lot more 
even in even in for example we've got the Addy Awards coming up here soon. There's actually a bracket in the Addy Awards now for responsive design. Um just because it's right. really becoming it, it's not it's no longer really becoming an option as much as it's kind of a necessity. Uh with so so many people on, on mobile platforms, on tablets, on, on smartphones, really the compatibility with those devices is gonna be even more uh important this year than ever. I'm not not <laughs> obviously not taking away that two thousand thirteen was huge for mobile. Um, but I think now it's, it's starting to become a little bit more commonly accepted that you've got to have that. Uh, we'll give it the, the yes. big factor that, that I'd say. Yeah, I think that's very true. I know that I spend uh, almost half my day at this point using my mobile device. I even do a lot of my business through my mobile device. I, when I take on opportunities in my business, uh, the very first question I ask before I even get into what's the return on investment, what's the potential gross profit, what's the potential net profit. I, I mean, before I even answer these questions, the very first thing that I want to know is, if I take this on, is this going to require me to spend more time sitting behind a desk working on highly specialized software? If the answer is yes, my answer is probably no. And the reason for that is that I like having a lifestyle where I can work from pretty much anywhere. That's really the goal that I'm looking to fully realize as we go into 2014. And the result of that is I spend a lot of time on my Samsung Galaxy Note 2 doing things. I have all my social media applications there. I can work on documents there. I can write things on that. I have a, I have a keyboard for it. I mean, there's just so much I can do with that. And if it's not that, then it's my laptop. And I know a lot of people use iPads. So I think you are hitting the major theme. And I would like to just ask a, a quick follow-up question and just get your thoughts on this. Because when we talk about mobile responsiveness, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, you know, we think about a smaller screen where you can get less in it. Now, are you noticing any changes when it comes to copywriting and website content and what we have to do with our content to make, it, to make the content itself look good in a smartphone? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, some of, some of the interesting things you never think about that you only really see as a, as a developer is when you have, you, you, you know, the, uh, the concept, you don't want to have orphans in your copy, you don't want to have weird copy breaks, you know, those kind of things are easy to do when you have a fixed size. But when you have responsive design and you have um, copy that has to resize and readjust, all of a sudden it becomes really difficult not to have orphans in your copy. It becomes really difficult. Uh, maybe you have two paragraphs of copy on the home page and it looks great on a desktop, but on a mobile device it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be here forever reading this and scrolling. Um, I definitely mm -hmm. see copy becoming more concise. Um, it's becoming a, a little bit more, uh, a little less, but packing more punch. You know, less is more. And so we do see that, I think, trending throughout. We do that a lot more on our websites where the copy on the home page has become less, but a lot more concise, a lot more, um, you know, one, two, left, left, jab, um, because you've got people with obviously much less attention spans, and you've got people on mobile devices that do not want to read a book. So I, I absolutely agree with that. Right, right, right. And when I do when I do copy critiques and when I do website reviews and also when I write email campaigns, that's another thing I do. I'm really focused on how can we shorten these paragraphs. I have one client in particular who regularly sends me drafts of things, and most of the work I do on it is taking his long paragraphs and breaking them into short paragraphs. Because if you've tried to read an email through a mobile device and it has long paragraphs in it, I mean, <laughs> it's bad enough oh, when you right. get one of those emails that has really long paragraphs and then your eyes already get physically tired. Imagine having to do four scrolls on your mobile email reader just to get through a paragraph. Right, it's, it's horrifying. <laughs> 
Exactly. Exactly. And you wonder where, and it's easy for you to lose track. So that's something we need to think about as we look at website design in 2014 is we need to be mobile responsive and we also need to look at how we can be more concise because we're dealing with smaller screens. And as Josh said, I want to pull this out. When you have a mobile responsive theme, it will often resize the text to something that looks like it's just a small piece of text on a desktop browser may dominate the entire screen on a mobile. So I think right. this is about as good a time as ever to move on to the move on to the next issue here. Because uh, in today's smartphone world, it's imperative that your website look and work correctly on a mobile device. So here's a sixty-four thousand dollar question: How does one make their website mobile friendly or mobile responsive? Well, first of all, it's, it, you know, a sixty-four thousand dollar question is not enough because I owed you a million dollars from your earlier comment. So I need to make some more money here, Adam. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, love, I love it, man. I love it. Questions. Um, you know, like, like we, we, we actually had discussed this before. Um, you know, there's three, there's three different ways um, that t- people typically build out, you know, make their site mobile friendly. Um, you know, the first, which is really kind of the default, it's kind of the, the initial way, is just to make sure the site looks good in the mobile browser. Um, maybe it doesn't resize. Maybe it doesn't have any adaptive functionality. Maybe it doesn't have a separate um, uh, mobile version per se or an app, but it just looks okay. Um, and that, that's right. I see that a lot. It's okay. Um, it's still you still have to zoom in to see to see things, um, etc. So that, that's probably the number one way that that happens. Um, and, and again, if if people don't, if you're on a tight budget and you just need to make sure it works, it doesn't break and explode off the screen, then that's good. That's, that's at least a step. Um, People say, right. hey, I, I can't afford a mobile website yet. I can't afford to do an app. I can't afford to do a mobile version. Then I say, okay, well, at least do the tweaks that are necessary so the site is not unreadable, um, which some are. I mean, I've been on some where you go in, you, the, the menu is too small. You can't tap on anything. Um, I mean, we've all been there. You're sitting there. You know, you shouldn't be, but you, you're driving down the road trying to call somebody, and you, you got the phone in one hand. You're trying to tap the phone number, and it's just not working. <laughs> Um, and next thing you know, you, you, you're, you're, on, you're, you're on the About Us page and you're interviewing on the Contact Us page, and you know, it's just aggravating. Um, and I know we've all been there where you try to tap the, the phone number and you hit the fax number. Like, that is not what I meant to push. Um, and so you've got to make sure that it's, it's usable. Um, beyond that, you know, the, the, the next way that really was, was popular for a long time is the, the mobile version where the script redirects you if, you, if it's on a, you're on a mobile device to a different version of the site. Um, also, I mean, it's pretty effective because it's, it's designed specifically for mobile devices. The problem with that one, and again, I, I was never a fan of those, because you had two websites. You have, you know, now you have two websites to maintain. You've got to modify both. You've got to update both, make sure both are working, you know. And, you know, honestly, the, the, the brand doesn't carry over as well. It's not as smooth. See, again, it's a, it's a decent option. Um, again, if, if, you're not, if you're not in the budget for a responsive, fully responsive site, that's fine. But with responsive becoming a little bit more trending, a little bit more uh, affordable, really, at this point, um, I really see no reason really not to go that route. Um, and just before I jump into that, there's also, of course, the mobile app option, where a lot, a lot of companies are getting their, their apps done. Um, again, it's not something that I am necessarily a big fan of, is to get an app for your, your service-based business or, or, or what, 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 whatnot. Um, I can see if you have a specific service or something that that, that app is, is valuable. I'm not a big fan of, of mobile apps that are just there to present information because I, I feel like it breaks up the flow. Um, I don't think it really right. – I don't think it's great for user flow. 
I think it's a, a, a leak in the uh, in the conversion process, which I think you would you would agree with me on that one. I I think so too, um, and and I know that some folks do recommend that you have the .dot mobi version where you just have it redirect to the other. But you raise a great point, which is that yeah, if you post the one, then you have to make sure you cross post to the other. And I'm all about uh, you know when I work with clients, I'm all about what are the things we can do to remove steps in the process. So you spend less time editing and maintaining and more time educating and marketing. It's like having a process where if somebody moves to a certain part in your conversion funnel, you have to go back and remember to delete their email address from somewhere or they continue to receive the previous email campaign. It just doesn't work in real time. You can't blame the people because really I don't think there are human beings that are that focused and you don't have the kind of budget that you can just pay somebody to be on top of that 24-7. It just doesn't quite work that way, especially in our 24-7, 365 world. So just so that I'm you know, getting the transmission absolutely clearly, what you're recommending as much as possible is to use a WordPress theme that is mobile responsive so that you only have to edit it once and the theme itself will take care of the differences between the two. Right, right, which, is, which, which brings me to that. You know, the responsive design, I still get a lot of people don't know what that is. Um, you know, it was big in 2013. Um, you know, when we started doing it back a year ago, um, you know, it was uh, a bomb. You know, people, when you said, hey, look at this, and to this day even, when we show our responsive sites, people just go wild for them. They really do. It's, it's unique. It's, it's cool when you can say, hey, look at this website. I pull it up on our big screen in, 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 our, in our office here. And we, we, I grab the edge of it and I drag it down, and you can watch the site adapt different sizes and different device sizes, and all the way down to a mobile device. Um, that's really the way to go. You've got one website that adapts to all devices. It's not just oh, do I have a you know a phone version and a, and a, and a, and a desktop version? No, I mean we just did one for for a company out in Orlando, uh, virtual fleet tracking, and and it just was it was one of those sites fully custom. Um, had a video on the homepage. It was very, very um, compl complex as far as the design element goes, but we had to make it responsive. And there's seven versions of that page. As you shrink that page down, you can watch seven different versions of it as it resizes all the way down to a mobile device. And actually on the mobile device, it shows app, app download icons and things like that that aren't even visible on the full version. And so you know, we right. can hide blocks of content. We can show blocks of content now, all based on the CSS, based on the width of the screen. So that's really the way to go. Um, and I, granted, that's, a, that's kind of an extreme case. You know, that's the example I show because it has so many responsive elements in it. Um, you know, on the inner pages, we have a, a lead capture on the right sidebar. As you shrink down, you shrink down, that sidebar turns into a button uh, that then links to a form, things like that, that just make the, the user process and the user flow super easy, super smooth. Um, you know, you don't want to add steps or make it hard to, uh, to convert. You know, a, a sidebar form is not going to convert on a mobile device. It's just not. But on, on a desktop, right. it will. On a mobile device, a elite capture button is going to convert. And so that's that's the kind of things you can do with a, with a responsive design. Right, right. I I really think that that is the way to go, especially if you're seeing so many themes out there now that are truly mobile responsive. So let me just uh, make sure I heard the transmission correctly because there are a lot of folks out there who will look at their existing website and they'll pull up in the mobile browser and they'll say, oh, this looks okay. I don't need to do a separate mobile version. Are they going to suffer for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, again, it, it's, it's one step. Hey, it looks decent on the mobile phone, but does it really work? You know, there's a difference between, hey, my site looks good and it works. 
um, getting back, you know, one, one of the things that, uh, you know, the previous question, I, I didn't actually add you as some of the, uh, with some of the trends. One of the trends I'm seeing is people are asking a lot more for a website that does something for them. They're they're looking for something more than, than just pretty pictures on the web, and that's one of the things right. you've got to look at, especially in a responsive site or a mobile-friendly site, is does it actually work? I don't mean just display, but does it make you money on a mobile version? Um, because, I mean, you build a website to grow your business. I mean, and you're growing your business to make money. I mean, in the long run, yeah, we do. We, we love what we do or whatever it is, but we're in business to make money. That's the whole point of being in business. Um, right. Investment into your website or investment into your mobile end of your website, does it make you money? Then what is the point? Why is it there? And that's one of the things, fine, it looks okay, but does it actually make money? Does it work for you? These are all very good points, and I know that whenever I'm working with my own clients to help them come up with their content strategy, and usually our strategy, our content strategy process also includes drafting what the layout should look like so they can identify the proper WordPress theme so they can work with somebody with Rock, Paper, Simple to get the website design created. Uh, these are some of the things we look for. We look at every element. How does this impact the website conversion conversation? Does this draw you closer to the cash, or is this a bright, shiny object? Uh, big debate right. that I see out there, and I know it's a little bit even on the scope of this call, is should you have one of those tell-a-friend applications? And you know, we've tried several of those. We've seen it work a couple times. A lot of times, it's actually more like a distraction. Another thing that's right. you know, kind of another debate that goes back and forth is how many social share icons do you really need on your blog posts? Uh, I mean, I actually have advise clients to remove some of them or to use a different application to move them a little bit over to the side because what is your real goal with that blog post? Are you wanting comments? That's great if you want comments. Do you want people to click through the link in your call to action to go take that call to action? Do you want them to share with their friends? Uh, what really is the action you want them to take when they read that blog post? That's where you decide what you really want to have there. And if sharing it with their friends is not your number one goal, then having four rows of social share icons <laughs> may be a touch much. And I see people do that. I mean, maybe maybe the only thing they really care about as far as sharing is they want people to be able to share it on Facebook and they want people to share it on Pinterest. And if that's the case, then those are the two icons you need. Otherwise, if you have row after row after row, I mean, uh, making sure that you have Dig and Reddit and Technorati and uh, Mix and all the other ones, all the you may actually be getting in the way of your conversion goal. Now, speaking of which, uh, now speaking of which, and this has already come up a couple times in our conversation here, one of the many things that you and I have have, have in common, we've discovered through our conversations, as far as our business approach is, we both recommend WordPress. Now, aside from the usual reasons why people you should use WordPress, such as it's easy to install, there are lots of available plugins and design themes, why else do you recommend WordPress above all other platforms? Uh, well, we're just repeating those. I mean, it's, it is super easy to install. Uh, there's tons of plugins to, to allow us to do a lot of things. We don't have to start from scratch in a lot of modules, a lot of things like that. So a client comes in, hey, we want this kind of functionality. We can say, okay, well, we can build that from scratch for X thousands of dollars, or we can use this plugin and it's going to be a whole lot less. That's a great uh, benefit. The themes are great, especially if you're, you're a do-it-yourselfer. Um, WordPress is a great platform for a do-it-yourselfer, especially like you mm -hmm. said, there's some great responsive themes out there now. That, you know, It's still difficult to, to make a good-looking, responsive website uh, as a do-it-yourselfer, but it is possible now with, with those themes. Um, you know, there's a lot more involved with that. What I'm not going to get into today, but I mean, 
there's some great themes, some great plugins that, especially for do-it-yourselfers, WordPress is definitely the way to go. Even with us, though, you know, as, as Rock Paper Simple is a web design agency, that's all we do. Um, we are a WordPress shop. That's all we build in. We don't take jobs in Joomla and Drupal. We just don't do it. Um, you know, we'll convert them to, to WordPress. We'll build upon WordPress. We'll update WordPress. That's what we work in. Um, you know, there's from time to time where, where those other other platforms or, or an HTML version, et cetera, we'll do some tweaks on as far as, you know, make it more marketing-focused, update the graphics. But really, we build and work and develop in WordPress. Um, you know, you, 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 could, you, you could say, like, in my bio, I live and breathe WordPress. I, I know the ins and outs, ups and downs, sideways of WordPress. Um, and right. it's such a powerful platform to build in. It allows us to do a lot more for a lot less time. You know, if a client wants something real powerful, you know, we, we've, built, we've built magazine sites, we've built dating sites, we've built um, accounting sites, we've, we've built, we've built, just recently built a pool site with a whole client login, uh, invoicing uh, system, etc. All for WordPress, and it allows us to develop these really custom really things and do it really fast um, and really eff efficiently. And really, even beyond that, it gives us this content management system now that our clients can log into, can update, can work with, um, that is even by default very easy. All different plugins, different systems make it even easier. So WordPress just as a whole um, is just so powerful, uh, both on our end from a development end as well as the client end for being able to use it. Um, you know, Google loves, does, loves WordPress. WordPress comes built to be SEO friendly. It's, it's mm -hmm. really easy to update. I love that they're constantly re releasing updates. Um, normally moving in a very positive, good direction. Um, compared to a lot of other systems, uh, it's more lightweight, so it loads faster as long as you don't have some bad plugins. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of people say, "Oh, WordPress sucks. It loads slow. It's it's real bloated." Well, yeah, if you have a lot of the, if you have a bad theme or you have a bad plugin or two in there, yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. Um, it's one right. of the reasons that doing it yourself can be difficult is you may not know, "Oh, that's a bad theme," or "Oh, that's a a bad plugin." And a lot of times we come in um, simply for the purpose of to seek and destroy bad plugins and themes sometimes. So um, that's really, I mean, that, that's just a few I could go on all day. I, I, I think WordPress is the way to go. I think that's where, where uh, development is right now, where it's going. Um, so I think that pretty much answers the question. I think it answers it very well, and we could have a whole separate conversation just about people and some of the ideas they've had as far as the plugins they should have on their WordPress website. And then they say, why is my site loading so, low, so slow? And you can do an analysis, and I have tools that I can use to do analysis as part of my review process. But I, can pull, I can run the site several times, and I can say, it's this one plugin that's causing your load time to slow down by 800%. And then they'll say something like, but, 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 but I know the guy he, who built it. He's in my mastermind. And I said, well, have him master his mind towards making a plugin that doesn't slow down your website. In the meantime, you have a choice to make between, uh, between the speed of your website and, uh, and using this plugin. It's kind of an either-or situation. And I've covered in great detail the importance of your website loading faster and the impact that can have on your search engine marketing and also whether or not somebody even comes to your website. Now, let's bring up another point here just real quick. Uh, more than ever, it seems, people's websites are getting hacked. I have three friends of mine who just seems like every time they turn around and they're wondering what else can they possibly do? 
Now, some folks blame WordPress. In fact, there are some hosting companies out there, and even some that I've spoken with, who are super quick to say, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't use WordPress. Maybe you should go back to HTML websites. Or they'll say, you know, the reason that you're having these problems is because your WordPress site isn't secure. Now, whatever that means. See, I know that these people, they're doing it right, and they're still getting hacked. They're, you know, using only the themes that are necessary, only the plugins that are necessary. They're using these really long, inscrutable passwords that even they don't know, but yet they're still getting hacked. So every <laughs> bit of wisdom on this topic is needed, and I figured since I have you here, I'm going to ask you real quick, what do you do to secure a WordPress website? And other than those things I just mentioned, what else can be done to make sure that we lock these things down? You know, that's a really amazing question. Um, in fact, it's a great topic for an entire interview. Um, so I'll, yeah. I'll try to keep it short. Um, I could go on quite a bit about this because, it, you know, honestly, you know, when they say, hey, you know, this is because of WordPress or you're hacked because of WordPress, you know, yes and no. Every, every Any website is going to be susceptible to hacking. It just is. Um, you know, and, yeah, WordPress sites do tend to get targeted because why? The majority of websites are now WordPress. Um, it's kind of like when they, they say, hey, you know, a Mac can't get a virus. Well, yeah, because nobody built viruses for Macs because there's just not that many of them. You know, and it, it, that has always been the, the case. You know, there's so many more Windows machines, so why not build viruses for those? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like saying, hey, you know, I, I want to I make a, a red widget or a blue widget, and I know that there's 10,000 people that want red widgets and only three people that want blue. Which one am I going to make? You know, I'm going for right. the target market. So yeah, right. WordPress sites do tend to get targeted. Um, it's easier to to identify a weakness in one thing and then try to hit them all. So the, there is some truth to that. However, there is there are also a lot of things that you can do to protect your site to make sure it's not um, open and vulnerable. You know, and and like sites get hacked. It happens sometimes. They get targeted. Um, you know, we, we see big sites getting hacked. You know, GoDaddy went down. I mean, oh, my gosh. You know, um, you see these things happen, and it's like, great, now what? Um, because I tell people there are times your site's going to get hacked, but there's a lot of things you can do to, to really protect it, keep it safe, um, and even have good response times on getting it back up. You know, one of the things we do for our clients, is we, a lot of our clients, we monitor their sites. If there is an attempt or an attack, uh, we take care of it, we fix it. Um, but honestly, we have had not had a site um, get hacked since, uh, gosh, what was it, six months ago when that botnet hit everything. Um, and it, was a, it was a big botnet attack on WordPress sites. There's 80,000 compromised sites that were adding to the botnet, and they were basically creating this zombie apocalypse attack because every time it took over another site, that site was added to the power, and it just kept going and going and going. Right. And when that was spreading, I wrote an article about it, uh, put it out there. I actually got a lot of traffic back to the site because of it. But I said, here's what you got to do. Lock it down. Uh, we installed that. What we actually did is, I think about three of our sites, three of our client sites got hacked. Um, excuse me, I'm just getting over a cold. But three of our three of our clients got hacked uh, all within the same few days. Everything out. We locked them down. I went through a series of security things, including installing Better WP Security plugin, which is a great security plugin. Um, right. Went through, made sure all the passwords were changed, made sure that the FTP was 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 locked down. Making sure we didn't have any any odd uh, plugins or, or anything of that nature in there. Uh, making sure there's no username called admin, uh, which is a, a yeah. huge mistake. Do not have a username 
called admin on your website. Just don't do it. I say that to people all. I say that to people all the time. Every time I see an admin, I say before you take another step, you're gonna you're gonna follow the steps. We're gonna get rid of this admin password right now. We can either do it while I'm sitting here, or I'll send you a video I shot on how to do it. But either way, you're getting rid of admin today because you might not have a website tomorrow. I just wanted to jump in because I want to make that very emphatic point. Emphatic point. Please continue. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, those are some things you know that we did. We actually went in and we went to all of our past clients. And we, we hardened all the sites. We installed WP security. We changed the admin settings. We upped the passwords. And we actually, we actually did that free of charge for all of our clients just because of what was going on. Uh, locked everything down. And then from that, you know, now, from this time now, that's something that we include in, in, in some of our packages. All of our sites are locked down. They come installed with the security plugins. Uh, we, have, we, we make sure admin is not set. We make sure password securities are set. We make sure certain file permissions are set. You know, this is something we've had to change now. I didn't do that a year ago. You know, that was something that was an afterthought. You know, oh, it's a it's a little website. Who cares? Nobody's going to target that. Well, now, yeah, well, there is a really very real threat out there of hacking. And so now it's something that we do standard. Uh, one of our maintenance packages actually includes hack insurance. If they get attacked, we take care of it. But honestly, not one site of our of ours or any of our clients has gone down since then because we've just we made sure we've shorted up. Um, we, I had one. Get, um, get hit with a, a denial of service attack where I just got hammered with a login request and it did take the site down temporarily, but nobody thankfully was able to get in, mess with the site. We just took it down, blocked that type and brought it back up. So, you know, right. yeah, it's a legit threat, but if you have somebody who knows what they're doing as far as going in with the security element, you, if you can certainly lock down a WordPress site. Certainly, certainly. I I agree, absolutely. And you make a lot of good points there, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Some of the things that you do are the same things that we do. You also add a few things, and there are a lot of different plugins out there that will enhance your security. But I, you know, aside from all this, I'm going to advise everybody, just make sure that you are consistently keeping your WordPress core plugins and themes up to date. Uh, just yes. go ahead and press yes. those things. I know that for, I mean, I, in my own business, I still have like uh, eight websites up, and then there are a couple clients uh, for for whom uh, we have a service. I don't advertise this, but I do it on a select basis where I have this application. I actually rent a separate web server for this. It's called Infinite WP, and we link it to their WordPress websites, and every week I just go in and push a button. It just automatically updates everybody. So everybody in my network is within a week of being up to date. So I know that some right. web companies do that, and I know even if you want to do it yourself, like if you're on this call and you're listening to this call and you're one of those do-it-yourselfers, you have a small internal team and you have 50 or 60 WordPress websites out there, and you're thinking, how the heck can my assistant keep up with updating this all the time? There are applications out there. You can just push one button and update all of them. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. So here's a question I get asked a lot, and now we're getting more towards uh, this whole thing about if your website's old, what do you do to get it back up to date? Now, people will say things to me like, you know, I built my web HTML website back in 2007, and right now it has an Alexa ranking of 6,000, and it dominates the first six pages of Google. I'm still getting found on this key phrase I optimized for five years ago, and I'm afraid to touch anything. Uh, I'm afraid if I touch it, I'll lose everything. Is that true or is that false? Or they, they have to keep that website forever? It's true and false, and I know I keep answering your questions that way. <laughs> yes and no, true and false. Um, to a degree, you know, if you do that wrong, I've seen it happen where 
they had this incredible web presence because of how long they've been there and everything. They get a brand new website. They're excited. They go live. Not one we've done, but I've seen this happen, and they lose everything. Um, you know, and, and so I mean, it's a very, very real problem. And I absolutely want to tell you: if you rank well, if you've got a good presence, be very, very careful, and be very, very deliberate when you make an up, upgrade or an update. That is, you, you can lose it all. You can't. Very, very likely if it's done wrong. Um, you know, even done right, it's very difficult to retain all that, all that, all that, all that SEO um, power because you're changing something that has worked. Um, you know, there's, there's a few different, what shall we say, uh, approaches to that. Number one, you know, you've got an HTML website. It's working great. You might just want to upgrade, it, up, upgrade it graphically. Um, in other words, keep the structure exactly the way it is, upgrade the graphics, tweak some content, and leave it be. That's one of the safest ways of doing it. Um, that, you know, as far as, far as that goes, because you, you kept the structure the same way, no page structure changed, no content really changed majorly. You've now upgraded your visuals, and you're okay. Problem is, you're still stuck in an old website with no content management system. You can't update it, etc. So there's a negative to that, but that is the safest way to do it. Um, the, the the next way to do it would be to very again, very deliberately make sure that you you build first of all you built the new site on a development server somewhere that is no followed, so Google can't find it until it's ready. You build you build the site um, out. Page structure would be identical. You'd want to make sure the sitemap is identical. You'd even want to make sure that the permalinks are identical. Um, what that means is, you know, you might have your website. You know, let's just say, for example, my rockpapersymbol.com slash about, um, or in typically an HTML site, it's going to be slash about.html. Um, and you'll notice right. in newer sites, you don't see the .html anymore. You see just slash about or slash whatever. Um, now, what happens is in a typical WordPress install, it's slash about. In a typical HTML right. install, it's slash about.html. In Google's eyes, those are 100% different pages. Different. That's true. And so what happens is, and I see it all the time, the developer says, don't worry, I'm going to keep the same structure, and they do this, and they have slash about, slash contact us, slash services, slash awesome widgets, whatever, and they don't put the .html there. And by default, WordPress doesn't do that. There's no default button to push and say, hey, add .html to it. You you have to code that in there. You code it in the HD access. Um, and so what 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 I would I tell people to do when we've done it is when we build this out, we actually tell WordPress to rewrite the URL a certain way for each page because we want it to be exactly the same. And then we try to preserve as much of the content as possible. We're going to be changing the structure, so we want to make sure that you know, it's the structure of the actual page code. So we want to make sure the content is very similar. We try to keep the, the actual code even in the back end looking similar in a similar order so that it's not too much of a shell shock when when Google comes and crawls it again that, oh, my gosh, it's different. I would say stay away from themes. Uh, still have a custom theme built that is similar to your original HTML structure because, again, you want to retain as much of that structure as possible so when Google crawls it, it's not saying, nope, it's a new page, wipe out all the history. Um, so those are some things there that can be done. We've done before uh, where you can retain that and then making sure that the swap is clean. You don't want the site to be down for hours on end and Google's crawling it, and next thing you know, Google's saying, well, it's no longer there. You want to make sure that swap happens instantaneously. So, okay, you know, you don't want to take the site down and then upload the new site. You want to literally upload the new site into a subfolder, 
and then the old site literally has moved into a subfolder, and the new site's moved into a sub moved into the root folder. And I know that's a lot to follow, but it's literally you hmm. want to be at a downtime should be seconds, you know, thirty seconds, sixty seconds. Just move, move. You, you don't want to be sitting there for an hour while your website uploads via FTP. Now the site's down, it's getting crawled. Especially if you rank that well, you're probably getting crawled every few minutes. Um, and so you want to make sure that that's all smooth, that everything's well planned out, everything's very tested, because it becomes so much more of, a, of an important project. Because if you make one mistake, you can lose rank. So that's that's very that's very true. That's very true, and that's what people are so afraid of uh, in making these changes. But then, you know, the way you explain this, it feels like there's a little bit of a give and take. On the one hand. They may be saying, I really don't want to change my website because I'm afraid of losing all my juice. But on the other hand, I know I'm going to lose big if I don't get this update to something that's mobile responsive. Right, right. No, it's, it's, so it's, kind, of, it's kind of a catch-22. Right. And, you know, and honestly, you know, HTML pages can be built to be mobile responsive. Um, I've done it. I've had people come in and say, you know, we don't want to upgrade. We just want to make this responsive. And you can modify it. That's fine. Um, it's not really the way I recommend to do it. But it, you can do that without really changing any of the structure or content of the site as well. Um, so that's, that's one option as well. The other thing is just uh, you know, know that you're probably going to lose a little bit of rank initially, but because now you have a responsive site, it's much easier to crawl. Um, now you're able to add, add more content, you're, you're going to jump higher. So um, I would say there's probably zero, um, there's no way to build, to make this transition without losing at least a little bit of juice. Right. It's just how it is, um, unfortunately. But in my experience, I've seen if it's done properly, you lose just a little bit, but you gain much more over the next few months. Okay, yeah, and and I, and I think that all makes sense. Now I'm going to ask a question just a little bit techy, and some of our listeners may understand this. If you don't understand this, just ask us, and we'll be happy to clarify as much as you need. Um, what I've seen some people do is let's say they have their website, and it's domain.com forward slash about.html and contact.html, but then when they go to WordPress, their URLs, as you accurately said, then now become about and contact without the .html. What they'll do is they'll write an HT access and put redirects in HT access to say, everything that used to be about.html, send over to about. And the theory behind that is that Google will read the HT access and they'll transfer the juice. Is it true, false, somewhere in the middle? That's true. Uh, it's not as effective as just making, just writing a custom HT access to duplicate the URL rewrite. Um, it's just not as effective, but it is true. If you do, if you do a, a permanent redirect, um, it will, it will uh, even the HTX, if you've got to make sure you have a good drill on permanent redirect um, or you don't get all the juice. And honestly, even with a redirect, you know, I'm no, again, just to preface this, I'm no SEO expert. Um, I'm a developer who understands the SEO concepts in a way that applies to what I do for my clients. Um, so, right. you know, there's probably somebody else that you know, better knows the best answer to this question. But I do know that you, your, your best bet, if you absolutely want to keep the structure, is have those URLs rewritten to be the same. Okay, great, great. Thanks for clarifying that because, again, this is a very big issue because a lot of people do feel stuck with their old website. They really want to move to WordPress because they want that CMS, they want the plugins, they want the mobile right. responsive theme, and they want everything else. But then they're saying, yeah, my website was the original in this niche. It's been here since 2003. We dominate these keywords we've had for 11 years now. We don't want to lose that. Uh, right. uh, you know, cheaper to keep or whatever. Now, um, yeah, oh, now and it's, it's a legitimate concern. And, you know, I see people yeah. who try to you know, do it themselves or, or, or go with a cheap developer. 
And especially in those situations, you've got to get somebody who knows what they're doing in that. And have they, you know, ask, have you done this before? Because we cannot afford to lose what we've built over these years, you know. And one good way of knowing if a developer doesn't know is, number one, they don't suggest the URL rewrite. And number two, if they suggest a new domain name, <laughs> then they really don't know what they're talking about because that's yeah. you so much power in your domain name. Your domain name has, you bought it 20 years ago and, you know, it has all this, this, this ranking now and, Google, Google trusts it because it's been registered to the same person for however many years, you know, 15 years, and, and if you change your domain name, yeah, just do a simpler domain. It's great to get a simpler domain if your website's young and doesn't rank well. If your website ranks really well, do not change the domain name. That's very, that's very true. I mean, yeah, I mean, if your website's been permanently shamelessed or back blacklisted, you know, you might as well start over. But, yeah, if you've got right. some good juice, the last thing you want to do is change the domain. I, I think in the, in the six years I've been doing website reviews, I think I recommended one time that they change the domain because, uh, you know, you can usually look at the domain, you can look at its history, and whenever somebody comes to me and they say, well, I, I, I'm looking at this domain, should I use this for my website? See, the first thing I do uh, before I even start looking at, well, how does this match a keyword? How does this, you know, how does this really pertain to your brand? The first thing I do is I look up the history of that domain. I want to see who owned it before and what it was used for. Right, right. Because I want to find out if there may be juice sitting on this domain, even though it's been off the air three or four years, uh, you may find out. I'll, I'll give you one specific example. It's a, it's a friend of ours, Jessica Rhodes, who is the founder of interviewconnections.com. Uh, she bought Interview Connections, and we researched the domain, and we found out that originally interviewconnections.com was owned by a headhunting firm, and they used it as a domain to drive traffic to their headhunting firm. Uh, so we found out it had juice. It was for a different industry, but there was some history to it, and it did have some positive legacy to it, which I think is helping her now that she uses interviewconnections.com as a service that matches entrepreneurs with people who want to host them on their podcasts. Right, right. Right, so interview connections means two different things, but the fact that the domain had a good reputation before certainly doesn't hurt now. Now, if I found out that interview connections was used for like, a phone sex line or something like that, I probably would have advised her to maybe think about a different domain and say, right. you know what, on, on the saving side, this is a brand new brand for you, so you're not losing anything. But uh, yeah, this is what people really need to think about is what was that domain used for before? Because you may go to GoDaddy or Namecheap or whoever you use and say, wow, I can't believe that this domain is just sitting here. Well, you know, you better believe it because you're not the first one to have that brilliant idea. You need to find out why this domain you swore should have been snapped up is just sitting there. There may be a reason why it's just, you know, nobody will touch it. <laughs> so you got to think about that. Now, you and I niche at different points in the online marketing presence spectrum. You specialize in getting the high-converting website built, and I specialize in the off-page and on-page website conversion strategies that make the websites monetize more. Now, I have to ask, because you're here, what are some of the design elements and other factors that you see from the, the, the design side and also just in speaking with some of your clients and some of your industry education, what are some of the elements that are you see helping to increase website conversions in websites here in the 2014 environment? Well, yeah, Adam, honestly, this is one of the more fun questions. Um, because like I, I said earlier, we really focus on results, focus on the marketing elements for our clients. So, you know, I want to see them make money. I want to see them grow. I want to see a, a purpose behind why the website is there. 
Uh, I'm a very purposeful person. I don't understand doing things that don't have a point. Um, I get frustrated when, when I'm not moving forward or, or getting things done or, or something of that nature. So this really right. falls right into something that I just love. Um, again, is really kind of the, the core being of, of our company is creating something that has a point, has a purpose. And what I see right. you know, some big things, one of the biggest things that I see, um, excuse me, <clears throat> one of the biggest problems I see is no conversion methods on, on a website or, or no methods that really um, are built to, to generate good traffic, good leads, good conversions, good sales, whatever it is. Um, so the first thing that I, that I, you know, I know you ask for design elements or, or factors or features. The first thing that, that I say to people are missing is a plan. There's no goal. They, they, they don't even have, they don't even know why they have a website. And so it's one of the things that I, I tell people from the very beginning, make sure you know why you have a website, what is your goal, um, and then move forward from there. Um, that's the biggest problem that I see. The biggest thing that I, I think people need to gra- grab a hold of is your website has a purpose. Make sure you know what it is. Beyond that, um, I mean, you have all kinds of, of great ways to, to build conversions, to capture leads. Um, you have the, the obvious and boring contact form of, of, of sorts where you drive people to a form to, to get to, uh, to, to request more information, whatever that is. But the ones that I really like are a little, a little bit more um, creative. You have something, some element to them. You have uh, you know, the freebie forms where you offer a, a downloadable, uh, the irresistible free offer, um, the, right. the, the consultation, the, uh, the, the, the e-book, whatever it is, you have some sort of offer. You say, hey, drop your, your name and email here. We'll shoot it off to you. It's a great conversion method. Um, I, we use it on our site. It's, it's, a, it's a constant um, source of leads for us. We have, uh, we have our top ten website pitfalls to avoid um, e-book that we actually just revised. Um, I just put out the, the new version of that um, this past week. But, you know, people come to our homepage, they read our, our pitch, and maybe they're not quite ready to, to, to grab a hold. We drive them right down to that freebie form. They punch their name and email in, and we get leads every single week from people filling out that form. Um, and it's something that we do for a lot of our site, or a lot of our clients. We've done um, one for, for uh, Internet Marketing Coaches for um, 21 Hot Words That Work It, Download It Now. And uh, another one was uh, how, to not, how to Not Waste Time Anymore for – for uh, for I forget what it was now it was uh, it was a it was a, a personal coach uh, things like that uh, we have another another uh, coach client they are uh, it was the seven seven tips to a, a happier healthier life things like that are great freebies to offer and in exchange to collect the email addresses um, right one another another element that we're doing a lot with uh, real estate agents actually is the schedule a call button schedule a consultation schedule a call click it boom it pull, pulls up a calendar. You choose a time that's available, and boom, it actually schedules it on their Google Calendar, sends you a reminder, done. Um, so the call is scheduled right there. Uh, we do that on our site, actually. Um, there's all, all yeah, kinds of methods that. like that. There's all kinds of methods like that that, that we do. You know, in fact, throughout our site, that's our call to action. We, we actually stay away from forms as much as, as we're trying to constantly trying to push them to, hey, choose a time off our calendar to get a call because um, it's so much so much faster and effective, and they, they feel like they accomplished something because now they have a call scheduled. Um, so those are things like right. that. Um, you have the n- newsletter opt-in, which really doesn't work as well anymore. Uh, it's kind of uh-huh. a, a retro mention. Um, I, I have a, a blog post on our site, uh, great website lead capture methods to turn your traffic into sales. That thing gets uh, hundreds of hits a month, um, and I wrote it like what a, a, almost a year ago. 
Um, that's why my our leading source of traffic is that single blog post because people are looking for that. You know, what, how do I get lead, what are lead capture methods on my website? Because maybe I have a good website, maybe it looks good, but people just read it and leave. And you don't want that. You want people to, to convert, you want them to do something, you want them to buy something. Um, and even beyond the, 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 the methods, and again, whether that's a form, whether it's a freebie form, whether it's a schedule a call button, a buy now button, a shopping cart, a call to action button that pushes them in, into something, sign up for a webinar, whatever they are, um, you still have to make sure that the site is well planned, it's well organized, the copy drives people in instead of just being boring and dry. The copy's got to be good. Uh, the headlines have got to be good. You've got to make sure that when they come on that homepage, they know where to go. The navigation's got to be clear. Uh, so there's a lot of elements there that are really important as far as um, making sure that the website is, is marketing-focused um, and, and in that regard. You know, we, we have a, uh, a methodology here at Rock Creeper Simple that we, you know, we, uh, we do with every website, and it's called our Seven Steps to a Marketing-Focused Website. And, you know, it's just certain things that we do to make sure that that website is marketing-focused. Uh, number one is we shut up and listen to our client to find out what their, what their goals are. Two, we plan a plan. Uh -huh. Three, direct traffic. You know, I, I see so many websites that do not direct traffic to the most important pages. Their pay-per-click campaign maybe lands them on the home page. They're, they're just not driving traffic to the most important pages. Um, number four, focus on them sector copy, copy that applies to the target demographic. Five, convert them. Have a conversion method. Six, simplify the navigation. And seven, rock the visuals. And really, you know, seven, some people say, oh, I want an amazing-looking website. We actually put that last because everything else is so much more important. Yeah, that's true. I draw the distinction in my own teaching between a, an amateur website and an ugly website because ugly can convert. Ugly can be professional. Right. Amateur is just amateur. It didn't mean you didn't have a plan. You didn't know what you were doing. And just to give people a preview of what we're going to be doing with HelpMyWebsiteSell.com as we move into 2014, our existing site has been up for almost a year. And when we first put it up, it worked great. Our recent analytics show that it's time to make some changes. So we're in the process of making those changes, one of which is, is the primary conversion goal is just going to be to click a button to schedule an initial consultation with us because we think that's going to be simple. We convert our customers on the phone. That's just the way it works. And with real estate, that's very much the case. That's what I tell a real estate agent, uh, attorneys, mm -hmm. financial advisors. I would tell them all the same thing. So, so Joshua Adams, Rock, Paper, Simple, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Um, we have about three minutes left here, and I want to turn the floor over to you. You've given us so much great information, and I just want to give our listeners an opportunity for those who are on the edge of their seat and they're ready to learn more, they're ready to take action. Uh, how, can, how can they get a hold of you, and how can you help? Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that, and I had a lot of fun um, doing this. But uh, you can jump on our website, rockpapersimple.com. Um, you'll find uh, our pitfalls download there. I absolutely encourage you to, to go on there, download that uh, that freebie. Um, it's the the, the uh, top ten website pitfalls to avoid. Um, it gives you a lot of insight into things that that really kill websites from a marketing perspective. Um, we actually, like I said, just updated it. It's an 18-page ebook now. Um, just drop your name and email in there. It'll shoot off off to you automatically. Um, it's, a, it's a great resource there. Jump into our blog. I would say look for the uh, Look for that uh, um, the blog post, the, the the lead capture one. You'll have to page back uh, a page or two. But, uh, again, a great resource for, for looking at some lead capture methods. Um, you can also just punch in uh, rockpapersimple.com 
slash uh, schedule if you want to get on a call with one of us. Uh, talk Actually, talk to simple.com is, is the shortcut um, to, to get a schedule going on to, to chat with us if you have any questions. But uh, right. I absolutely look, look forward to hearing from anybody. If you have questions, um, you know, josh at rockpapersimple.com is my email address. I'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And for those of you who are listening on the call, remember, when you go to businesscreatorsradioshow.com, every episode is archived, and every one of our guest experts has their own profile, which has links to their social media and their website. So anytime you want to get a hold of Josh or any of our experts, just be sure to go there. So again, Josh, thank you so much. It's been an education for me as well. As I tell people all the time, not only am I the host, but I'm usually a student right along with our listeners. With my notepad, I'll take notes. So thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. Excellent, and thanks for having me on the show. You bet. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of BusinessCreatorsRadioShow.com. Make sure to check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps to spread the message. Thank you very much for being with us. We'll see you next time. Take care.